0: Hello and welcome to episode thirty of the Sock Takes podcast. I am one of your three hosts, Nipun Chopra, joining me as always is the founder of Sock Takes, Mr. Kevin Johnston, KJ. What's going on?
1: Not a whole lot. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Nipun?
0: You know, I'm good. I'm really excited about our guest today. Uh, once we, before we get to our guest, however, we have to introduce the sweetest of neonates, sweet baby Siren Aaron Gunyan. What's going on, sweet baby?
2: Doctor, Dr. Shill, it's good to be with you again. It's good to pod with you again. Um, not a lot's going on. I think, you know, just like what everybody's been saying, the cliche for years is the sequels are always better. And I think uh, in this case, the destruction of, of lower division sequels is going to be outstanding. And I think I'm ready to talk about it today.
0: It's pretty amazing you say Dr. Shill because our guest tonight happens to be just that he dist- he has a phd he destroyed lower league soccer uh, his name is wes he works for 55 one along with his myriad of day jobs wes welcome to the show and the very first question i have for you how dare you
3: <laughs> yeah um well uh just to to answer that um you're welcome and uh <laughs> good to good to speak with you doctor and you other gentlemen who are not on on Nipun and I's uh, academic level
0: <laughs> on our intellectual level, let's let's get let's put it out there.
1: We're just bozos. That's what the San Francisco City fans call it. We're just a bunch of bozos. They give you
3: a PhD after you uh, after you sink your first league, guys. So you guys can target NPSL.
1: <laughs> we're on sense. it.
0: Trust us. Yeah, we're
2: we're, we're actually on that. Yeah.
0: Uh, but Wes, genuine pleasure. Um, you know we've followed your work for a long time with Fifty Five One. Um, you write incredible articles, incredibly well uh, written and researched. So, uh, genuine pleasure, mate. Um, today we'll be talking to Wes about the big story he broke yesterday. Uh, was was it yesterday or two days ago?
3: I'm, it feels like a, a week ago, but yeah, it was it was uh, yesterday. Okay. It was
0: Tuesday of this week. Yeah, where he revealed uh, that. NASL had uh, NASL's bid for division two status had been rejected by USSF, and that's what we'll talk about today, Wes. Uh, I want to start the conversation with, when did you learn about this information? Uh, obviously, not not asking you who your source is, even though we know you don't really have a source. But when did you really learn about this information firsthand?
3: Well, I, I mean. Over the weekend, um, I forget if it was Saturday, Saturday or Sunday. Um, one of the other editors with Fifty Five One, Brian Korstad, he was he was one of the guys who he was one of the only guys who covered the original um, craziness surrounding the NA, birth of the NASL, the whole fight uh, with USL, and so. Um, he has uh, developed a lot of contacts through that, but doesn't as, have as much time to write them. So he was originally the one who had heard the first nugget of news and then passed it on to me. And then I spent the, the weekend thinking like, Jesus, how do I, a, how do I find someone who will, um, confirm any bit of this and be, I don't know. How can I get this in a state enough that I can write that's comfortable? Cause anytime I've written these things, um, and we've written, you know, we've we've uh, I think between just a few people uh, all kind of covered the big kind of bad stuff of NASL, yeah. and I always feel bad because I I really like NASL. I, I I believe that they're all trying to do good things, other than the Fort Lauderdale guys, um, you know. But but so all the weekend, and I kind of was being lazy about it, and I actually, you know, Nipoon, you and I were messaging back and forth and you were like, why are you not publishing this? And I was just, I was re- really reluctant. And then finally, yeah. once, once I finally got a bit more confirmation and felt comfortable, mm-hmm. then Tuesday morning, I, I felt like I, I had enough that I could publish.
0: I mean, truthfully, I was just jealous because, you know, it's my responsibility to destroy leagues. And all of a sudden you are getting, uh, this <laughs> i'm this- yeah. very jealous. Um, but I think first of all, you know, you did a great job with the story. I'm curious, uh, before we get into the details and has anything changed, anything, has anything changed since this story, anything that you've learned that wasn't in the story about this story?
3: Not really. Um, I, I mean, the biggest thing that we all learned was, was NESL's, uh, um, uh, you know, press release that afternoon, which, which, um, in and of itself was a, A crazy thing maybe I don't know if you just want to talk about that later but it was a crazy weird PR uh move in that it it just felt really sad I mean just it was the one of the saddest um press releases I've I've read in a long time um but uh, other than that no I and I haven't really these these stories uh, like I said I'm always reluctant I'm not really tracking them down Uh, I'm not like regularly like looking for these things um they they usually come our way because you know as as you guys know so few people are paying attention to the NASL right. that um, you just once once you kind of have connections
2: then the
1: things how just kind you.
2: of come to you yeah
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there are eight teams in NASL <laughs> how Each one they're... has at
0: least fifteen fans
2: first of all I think you're onto something and I don't want to take over but I want to make sure we make a distinction and a point because we're all laughing about the destruction of the league and I think we're all in agreement it's really not about the destruction of the league there's a little bit of trolling going on I think all of us take it very seriously the loss of teams or leagues or players or staff in the NASL or any other league I can't speak for all of these other people but I'm, I'm hoping that they jump on board with this we are laughing only because Napoon gets blamed for the destruction of the NASL um, rightfully so, because <laughs> he's a complete, well, he's a, he's a dick, but he also has the authority to destroy leagues. So, um, that, that I think needed to be said today and welcome back to the podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you Aaron, for that <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, uh, you know, disclaimer there before people would have called us out for laughing. Uh, KJ, why don't you bring a slightly more somber tone to the proceedings and, um, ask a uh, one of your questions.
1: Yeah, well, maybe not necessarily a question, but since we were just talking about the press release, why don't we kind of unzip and jump into that a little bit? Um, I I agree. It was very sad. Um, I didn't really think it was, like, necessarily well written, you know? It kind of seemed like they jumped the gun. I know, Napoon, you had hinted to me that I think the NASL had been aware um, that Wes was about to report this story. So that's probably, I assume, the reason that they responded so quickly with their response, but... Given that they had a little bit of time to prepare, um, I thought it was just kind of a hasty response. There was just some stuff that didn't, like, there was a phrase that it literally had nothing to do with anything. It. it was just like, um, U.S. soccer is struggling on and off the pitch. You know, it was almost like a stab at, like, the U.S. MNT. I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just thought it was kind of qu- quickly thrown together. Um, it just kind of reeked of like a scorned lover type of thing, and I just didn't think they handled it as well as they should have. So, Wes, what were your thoughts on the press release?
3: Well, I, I was I was speaking to someone else who works in in soccer just last night, and we we were just marveling over it or wondering about it. the The dig at U.S. at the U.S. men's national team w- was just a little bit bizarre. I, I certainly did give the league a heads up. You know, when I when I spoke to them to get comment and and. Uh, and you know they didn't want to comment, obviously. um you know and and just kind of out of courtesy, just said, you, you know this is this is going to be coming in the next few hours. Um, and so certainly, and I think even before that they were they knew that I would be calling them. Uh, I think that they that the amount of people i I texted and messages messaged probably got back to them um and and really i I don't know what my response would have been in in that situation. um my first initial thought would be that I would just try to keep your head low until you have some good news to report. Um, but to be honest, I don't know when that good news is going to be, even if there is like some good resolution that they come to that's, that's like, we're talking December maybe. Um, and so, you know, maybe they just needed to, um, get it out there, have it, um, all be one news cycle in one day and then, um, And then you know U.S. men's national team happened that night, and everyone's not really talking about it anymore. So maybe maybe they handled it perfectly. You know they couldn't they could have done a bit better, but they just kind of acknowledged it and walked away. And now they can go back to uh, letting it die in the news cycle of Hurricane Irma and all these other things.
0: That's actually a really interesting point that I hadn't considered. That you know they basically got the info out, and in, in a weird way, they kind of killed your story in some way, right, by, by basically saying, hey, this is real. Uh, everything that was written after that wasn't sourced to 551; It went straight to the NASL press release. So I guess it was in some ways good, but KJ's point was valid, which is the way they wrote what they did was kind of ridiculous and uh, wasn't handled well. And you're, you're absolutely right. They were aware, <clears throat> at least for 48 hours before your story went live, that, Someone was working on the story. So they did have time to prepare something. And the fact that they came up with that is disappointing at, at the very best. Um yeah. So setting that aside, you you were talking about options for NASL going forward into December. What are your thoughts about how how this might play out for the league? Well,
3: I mean, the first and most obvious one is that North Carolina FC um, we're well aware of this in advance. Steve Malik, the owner, um, is on the, on the board uh, of U S soccer. Uh, he knew this was coming and I think has been preparing for it. And they, I think there's a very good chance they moved to, to USL. They can do that without paying exit fees. If the league drops down a division, that's part of part of the, the contract for all the teams. Um, so then you're down, let's say, them and let's say uh, the Deltas uh, fold, which it, it, there's a good chance uh, that happens. You know, how big is the league at that point? Is, are we at plus the two California? Yeah, we
0: back at eight, uh, eight at that point.
3: Okay. Um, so then uh, you you probably have a a couple of the teams who are looking for some sort of out. And so the the one possibility is that the the league just falls apart, right? Everyone disbands and, uh, you know, grabs their, grabs their clothes and goes home and tries to forget the, the weird, uh, weird night they had. Um, the other options are that U S soccer, we know that they made this decision in part to help NASL come up with creative solutions. Um, And so that may be some sort of partnering with USL this year and and being a next year, I mean, and being its own division or something. Right. So that would be a lot like 2010 um, when the original uh, forced marriage happened between USL and and NASL. There's something like that. I mean, there's there are a lot of creative solutions that could come come up. uh, But you have to think that coming on the on the heels of the kind of recovery from this winter, right? Every every the league was dead, and then it wasn't, and people seemed buoyant. You know, owners I spoke to really thought the the league had a future, and this really, really just they're back to square one.
0: Let me ask you a question that was sent to us on Twitter. Um, what are the this is from Eric Albers, great guy, fellow Indian Indie Eleven supporter. He says, what are the realistic timelines before we we one hear result of division status for USL and two, hear future plans of NASL teams post D2 loss?
3: Yeah, in my opinion, that none of that comes before the end of the season. First of all, they they want to keep uh their messaging on uh getting people in tickets for this the league that they're in now. Also, it really depends on when the official sanctioning gets uh, happens, right? So, so when I said that North Carolina FC could move once the division changes and and they don't have to pay exit fees, I don't know exactly what that date would be. Is there some sort of date where that comes into effect? That that's a real question. Um, I think most likely it's going to be uh, it's going to be very similar to last year, where we we go into the postseason and then December into january we're hearing weird things it, it will be kind of the crazy uh wild west stories that were happening last year
0: don't don't fucking say sources dude okay <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, th- I didn't know that you knew how to use the word plural of sources <laughs> of source um so i i think that honestly it's gonna it's gonna be uh january uh, because really there's so many so many logistics going into this and and uh, yeah, it, it's it's not going to be anytime soon.
0: Just just to add a little bit of context, and then I'll switch uh, switch over to Aaron here. Um, from what I'm hearing, there there will be some thing we'll hear next month uh, from off the USL side. I think you're bang on with NASL. Uh, I don't think anything. Uh, there's this this weird rumor that's going around that they have two weeks to resubmit. I, I don't know where that showed up from, uh, but I don't think that that's true. I don't think we hear anything about NASL until. Uh, December from usSF but I think we will hear more about USl in in October uh, in the first week of October is what what I was told so um, let's see if that is true my my one source of course
3: uh, uh, <laughs> yeah I, and I, I have not followed uh how the u.s USl vote is going and, and certainly USl has is going to be asking uh for waivers as well yeah. and and my my opinion this that is also completely based in something I created. So it's not sourced to anyone other than me. Um, But uh, (laughs) my opinion is that uh, because USL has the D3 coming up in 2019, that uh, US soccer will grant them a provisional uh, waiver for the next year to have Division II as long as any clubs that do not meet the D2 status get pushed into the D3. And I know that... USL is trying has said that they don't want to move their clubs down there, but I, I think that if the, if US Soccer is going to take this hard line with NESL, they have to find some way to to also take a hard line with uh, with USL.
0: Definitely, definitely, uh, Aaron.
2: Yeah, I think you're leading right into one of my questions, which is. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Sock Takes Pod. (laughs) Aaron, you still there? That's a great question. Which is... Okay, wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. Okay, sorry, I was on sleep for so long that... uh,
1: whatever. Are are you on that Xbox headset again?
2: Whatever, moving on, moving on, guys. (laughs) Hey, so I don't know what you heard and what you didn't hear.
3: We're all getting assassinated
2: one by one by NASL operatives. (laughs) Yeah, just static and snow as our icons disappear (laughs) from the uh, Skype call. Where was I? So USSF didn't move so quickly last year, and they were very deliberate or measured or lazy or something. I don't know what you might attribute that to, but they're definitely being a little bit more proactive or they're sending a message early. And I guess two questions. What is that message, and uh, why why are they doing it? in this way we talked about the timing i don't know if they're trying to bury the news i think that they're giving people a chance to make moves
3: yeah i, I think no one wanted this news to come out this early so i don't think uh, us publishing it did anyone any favors inside those rooms um i think that they uh, that u.s soccer said look here's the heads up you need to know that um that we're not granting this to you and so you need to come up with a, you need to figure get your shit together, right? Um, and so uh, yeah, I, I think that they they saw what happened last winter and they didn't want to um, have a repeat. Uh, and and I think that I think that U.S. Soccer is at least trying to do a little bit of good here, but I still think that they're continually reacting to situations rather than. Um, positively coming up with a plan for how U.S. soccer is going to thrive.
2: Yeah, I think I'm leading once again with what does it mean when, when USSF makes this decision and failing or not failing, but um, not recognizing NASL's Division Two status. I think they're picking a horse now. I think it's very clear to me from from at least this point having the amount of information that I have, it it doesn't seem like there is a lot of belief from USSF that NASL is going to get their shit together and they're going to, they're going to bet on USL as the horse going forward.
3: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, and is that, um, right or wrong? Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a separate, um, uh, soccer philosophical takes. Uh, well, they you know, didn't part, want to do it last year,
2: right? Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. And so but now I think they're making a choice.
3: I, I think, I think honestly, um, last year it was all, right? It was all last minute, right? Everything was happening in the moment. No one knew which league teams were moving to, et cetera. Um, in, in this case, they're trying to head that off. And I, I think, you know, to be honest, the Deltas uh, situation – had to, I'm and again, I'm just, I'm speculating here, had to weigh in on that. Like the Deltas were a positive step forward and now it's a, a step backward. And, uh, you know, the league, NSL needs to, to have positive growth toward 12 teams, toward 20 teams. And they have not had that.
0: Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, another question that we already answered and I should have included it, was from Leonard underscore FC and he he asked basically the same question. Was USLD2 application for 2018 deferred till later date only or uh, voted on as well? Uh, so it kind of is what we talked about. Right now, we don't know exactly what's going to happen in terms of dates, but maybe something next month. Uh, another question came from uh, a patron uh, uh, subscriber of ours, uh, Matt Homanoff, uh, Menace GM on Twitter. And he asks... If you're really so nice, why haven't you ever been to a game in Des Moines?
3: Um, that's a great question. I have been to a bar once in Des Moines to watch a U.S. Difficult. women's Difficult. World Difficult. Cup game, I think. Uh, I mean, the the real question is that uh, um, I have never had anyone personally invite me. No, I, I've never been able to get down to see The Menace play. I would love to... Uh, I don't really get to travel to see soccer at all these days. It's, you know, I've got, uh, these two kids who, uh, prevent me from doing anything I want to do. So, uh, someday I will see the menace. I, I, have a great respect for Des Moines menace. I think that they are, uh, uh a like small, uh, small town, maybe small city, I should say, um, soccer success story in the U S uh, and we don't have a ton of stories, quite like them. So I, I, I'm I a big booster for the Des Moines Menace, unless we're playing them in the U.S. Open C- Cup. So then PDF they can go chill. to hell. PDF
0: yeah, chill for sure. Uh, I want to ask you something that has been posted, at least in my social media, every 10 minutes in the last 24 hours, it feels like. The conspiracy theory, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Wes. I mean, you're uh, Wes Mantooth. You get these conspiracy theories all the time. The idea that one of the reasons why NASL's D2 status was taken away, or, or arguably even the primary reason NASL's D2 status was taken away was because uh, USSF is pissed off at them for uh, Ricardo Silva's CAS filing and, uh, uh, off, uh, and, and stuff that has nothing to do with waivers, but more to do with ideological differences and the fact that NASL has pushed way too many buttons.
3: Um, yeah, I guess that, that we can't know. Right. I I mean, I'm not things, those conversations are so closed that the stuff that eventually gets to us is, you know, we're still not that close to, to the, to understanding the tone or the thoughts going on in those rooms. And sure. I mean, that, that's, It's a plausible. I don't even think it's a conspiracy theory. I think it it's certainly plausible. Um, uh, and and one could one could say on on the one hand, would you blame U.S. soccer? I mean, you you have uh one of these leagues who are antagonistic toward U.S. soccer and toward other leagues. MLS certainly has been antagonistic toward NASL as well. uh, On its hand, but but in a way different, far different way. Um. I, I think that uh, I, I think, again, it goes back to the fact that the larger problem is that U.S. soccer is reacting to situations and not uh, not actively and being proactive in trying to um, create a landscape that that makes sense. Right. We're we're now possibly going to have three third divisions. Well, how what like, why, why does that make sense? You know what I mean? What? <laughs> what are we doing if that if that's the case? Do we so, even have that many teams? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know. So so that that's kind of the frustrating thing. When, once you create divisions that are based on just meeting certain standards, then why? What like what's the point?
0: Fantastic question. Um, I don't think any of us know the answer
2: to that. You're not allowed terrible. to. I don't know if you understand the protocol. You come on, and we ask you questions. Oh, okay. you don't ask rhetorical <laughs> questions and then yeah. just leave
0: You're a pause. How a podcast uh, works, I don't.
2: Yeah, unless I mean that's some doctor joke that I don't get. In which case, f well, you both.
0: To be fair, both you and KJ are peasants. So Wes and I, <laughs> communicate yeah, at a much higher level. So it um,
2: doesn't. It doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> it's just my role <laughs> in society. I just need <laughs> to fulfill it.
0: Um, West. We, obviously, everything we're talking about is speculation. That's a given. Uh, I do want to point out something that I mentioned to Jason Davis today. Uh, in your interview with Jason Davis yesterday on his show, he asked you about Peter. Uh, he asked you about his. That is Jason Davis's interview with Peter. Peter Wilt the previous day, and for anyone that was listening to that interview, there's a very interesting moment, and you can go back and listen to it, where he said uh, where Peter was talking about promotion, and he said. Uh, blah 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 promotion to uh, division two, which for now is NASL. And obviously, since you and I had been communicating, I kind of got what he meant. But that was such a such an innocuous uh, moment uh, in, in that uh, in that interview. And when I mentioned Jason Davis today, I think he was a little bit blown away because I think uh, inadvertently Peter gave us the hint that unless you were looking for it, you wouldn't have picked up on. But the reason I bring bring up Peter at all is how do you see NISA thing uh, out in this now? Obviously, NISA has announced eight teams. It's mm-hmm. very unclear if any of those teams will be ready to go in twenty nineteen or uh, twenty eighteen. A uh, couple of them have come out openly and said that they're going to be playing in NPSL next season. So NISA on on paper looks like it's happening, but when you look at the details, at the at best, it doesn't look like it's taking off completely until twenty
3: nineteen. Yeah, you, you know, I, I, you guys have followed Nisa probably far closer than me. So uh, I'll, I'll finish this with a rhetorical question back to you or something. Uh, but I, I think, <laughs> I think that this, all of this situation, doesn't really matter. And this, you know, this is what, what I, what I said on Jason Davis's show. I, I don't think it matters to Peter Wiltz and uh, Nisa at all. Um. P- Peter is his league. Its first, its short and medium term are create a su- a, a sustainable league with more than eight teams in it, um, more than one team, more than two. You know, d- just to have teams in it and ready to go and be a legitimate league. They're way far away from having then the. I don't know when they're going to start the promotion and relegation. The but enough teams, more than twelve teams. Uh, and then more than 15 teams, especially the 20 teams where they're ready to to do promotion and relegation. I, I, I do think that promotion and relegation is a legitimate plan for them, okay. but it's a long-term plan. And so right now, it doesn't matter. And, and honestly, uh, who knows what USL, NASL, or any of these divisions will look like two years from now when NISA will be wanting to have its 11th team come in or something like that. So... Uh, and and at that point, USL D three is going to come in. So I, I think, I mean, looking forward, every, all, all Peter Wilt and his people have to do is just figure out how do we make how do we make Chattanooga FC ready to go in 2018. How do we make uh, Detroit City uh, ready to go?
1: That's that's all they should be caring about.
0: Goddamn rhetorical questions, KJ. Why don't you ask a West one of your own?
1: Sure. So, you know, I mentioned to talk some Minnesota United FC, of course, but uh, before we uh, switch over to MLS, I'm curious, Wes, if you could maybe just put uh, local spin. I know in your 55-1 report, you touched briefly in a sentence or two on Indy 11. So um, a lot of our listeners, of course, are from here in Indy. So is it as simple as USL bust have, for the Indy 11? Or... Is it a little, I mean, might Indy 11 stay in the NASL in what will then be D3 or what do you think their options are?
3: Yeah. Again, I mean, this is why I originally went to Nipun before I published. I wanted to see, to get, uh, a sense if, if he, uh, knew. So again, I'll, I'll, just put it to Nipun. I don't actually know anything here, guys, so, but, um, <laughs> my, my thought is that I know that, um, uh, Indy is very uh, hesitant, hesitant to make that move to USL. Um, and I don't know if that's kind of uh, the latent uh, influence that Peter Wilt still has with the club um, or just the fact that uh, I think that Indy 11 really likes NSL, likes what they do, and they have a good relationship there. Um, I think that they will they will like every smart club, have a conversation with USL and have have at least some sort of uh, channel open for that conversation. But I, I think that they will be um, one of the clubs uh, that will be kind of last off that uh, off that. Well, I guess all of the, you know, I guess Cosmos are the same way. Cosmos are going to be the last one on the, on the boat.
0: On the rapidly sinking but, yeah.
3: Now, which now who is Leo uh, DiCaprio in this situation? I'm not sure. Obviously,
0: but. obviously me. It's got to be the <laughs> one, dude. Juan, this is absurd. Um, but okay, so m- moving on. Um, oh, in, in terms of Indie Eleven, I, I tweeted this out today. <clears throat> I'm, and maybe actually, Aaron, you might even know more than I do in, in this case. So, do you want to take a stab at it?
2: Stab at what? You got to be a little bit more specific
0: at uh, your thoughts or any information you might have about Indy 11 uh, in terms of possibly switching to USL.
2: Well, first off, thank you for thinking of me. Second of all, <laughs> I'm not a doctor, so I don't have any thoughts that are worth anything. Number three, I think a lot of the fans, if, if you want to give me the chance to speak on behalf of quite a few of the fans, first of all, the fans aren't going anywhere. So in the 11, if they want to exist and the ownership wants to continue, I don't think they have too much to worry about what league they want to be in. I don't think that will impact too much on ticket sales and I don't think that will impact what happens in the Brickyard Battalion. I think the fans are here to stay for the team. I think there are also other fans that might be excited about the possibility or the opportunity to have some local rivalries with uh, Lue City or with FC Cincinnati or with St. Louis. These are all teams that are pretty close driving distance considering right now the closest geographic rival is i think north carolina which is 12 hour drive so um yeah you guys lost your your close uh
3: next door uh rival with minnesota yeah ten the hours, next door 10 rivals, hours away
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah just
0: a hop we're skip, we're skip and a jump is, that was obviously your garbage club leave don't worry
3: you know, uh, I mean, indie indie's in a in a pretty similar spot, even though there's very different histories there with Minnesota. Where I mean, right. I, I think very few, uh, I, lots of lots of fans here, myself included, who were around a long time, have an affinity and an appreciation for NASL for keeping us alive. But um, honestly, the, the league doesn't matter. I, I want to see my team play interesting games, and so. Um, uh, now playing against Sporting KC is way more interesting than playing against Apologies FC Edmonton, but
1: really?
3: you know, and and Sick you guys bar. getting to play next to play, uh, you know, Cincinnati. Play
2: Edmonton five times this year. So, oh,
3: oh man, <laughs> oh Lord have mercy.
2: <laughs> Which is obviously one of the complaints and why USSF needs to make sure that NASL would ever get their act together. It's just not as compelling of a league. I think. I think the NASL's put themselves in this boat through the decisions that they've made. They've ended up with a possibility of playing the same team five or six times in a season. It's it's bonkers, town, really.
0: I think at some point, Indy Eleven supporters, the ones that have Ursal Ozdemir's ear, because we know they are they are out there. Lord knows, Ursal doesn't talk to media because for whatever reason. Uh, The fans who have Ursal's ear should find out why he is so opposed to the idea of USL. Because on paper, in terms of fan interest, I mean, Brickyard Battalion has openly told him that we'd we'd be happy to go to USL. So it is a very interesting question, and I can only speculate, and some of my speculation goes to dark places, as to why Ursal Ozdemir is so hellbent on not joining USL. because, as you guys have pointed out for a variety of reasons, it makes so much sense. So, the fans, any of our listeners who have Ursal's ear, should pose that question to him because he won't really respond to media questions. So, maybe one of you guys can get an answer. Um, it is an interesting thought experiment why Indy 11 didn't go to USL at the end of last year and is still not communicating with USL. It's kind of okay. well
2: before my baby started crying at the moment that i was going to make a uh a point piper's gonna <laughs> have to make you guys wait on my comment i'm gonna calm her down i'll be back with you <laughs> all right i totally thought he just got attacked by an animal
0: <laughs> it, was, it was the nasl dude they're sending the rabbit animals oh,
3: they're gonna uh, get us somehow <laughs> uh
0: kj
1: yeah that's our third dp signing by the way west that's uh Baby Piper just joined the sock takes crew about two weeks ago.
3: Wow, that is a really tiny baby. Then he's all yeah. of our baby. Well, uh, I hope the DP spot was worth it because those are those are precious, <laughs> and uh, Minnesota just doesn't use any DP spots. So <laughs> ten years ten years from now, we'll we'll get something.
1: Cool. So, yeah. So uh, speaking of Minnesota, um, yeah. perfect segue into Minnesota United FC. Which just picked up their first win, their first road win of the season, first MLS road win in club history, a two-to-one win over the reeling Chicago Fire. But still, on paper, it's a great win, even though the Fire have been struggling lately. And I also got a chance. Not only did I watch that game, but I also got to see the Minnesota performance prior to that, the two-to-one loss in Seattle. I thought Minnesota looked exceptional in both games. Um, they definitely didn't outplay the Sounders in Seattle. But they completely uh, executed their game plan, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, I also wrote a story recently about um, Ethan Finley's impact and how I think he's a good fit for Minnesota United. So anyway, I'll quit rambling here. Uh, my questions for you, Wes, are um, if you could just touch specifically on the emergence of number one overall pick in the 2017 MLS Super Draft, Abu Ladi, who has really emerged lately in the absence of Christian Ramirez... Who is on the shelf with a minor knock, and also uh, the the aforementioned player, Ethan Finley, who uh, Minnesota United dropped. I think it was about 425 k in total allocation money to acquire his services. So could you talk about those two players' impact, and also just make the um, greater overall point of how the team seems to be in their best form of the season right now?
3: Um, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll start with uh, Abu Ladi who has been, um, you know, the, the week before, uh, when, or not the week before, but the previous match against Seattle before the other Seattle match, um, he missed two sitters, you know, and, and then he comes back, uh, against Seattle and, um, and, uh, did really well. And then, um, Chicago, uh, he finally, you know, he got a goal there. Um, he had two goals there. Um, sorry. So, He is someone who I think has a lot of room to grow. Uh, He's got his injury problems that he's still trying to deal with. Um, But I I think that um, he does have a really good uh, poacher sense. Like he can put the ball ball away. But what I really like about him is that um, he's got fantastic movement off the ball, Um, which is something that uh, Christian Ramirez does not do as well with moving his center backs around. And um, I love that he can uh, he can just suddenly dart away and and get his center backs to kind of question what they're what they're doing. Um, So I I like him a lot. I think that he's got a lot of a lot of room to grow. Um, I still am looking forward to Christian Ramirez to coming back into the lineup. I'm I'm a big booster of Christian Ramirez. I think that. Um, he, he's got some, some growing to do as well, but, but man, that guy can, can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, and then Ethan Finley has been an absolute success. You know, he's only played two matches, but, um, in both matches, he just kept on running that Chicago match. He was still in the 89th minute, still running and chasing balls. And, um, this is a team that, um, that doesn't seem to always fight as much as you would think a um a a scrapping uh underdog team uh as much as you would want them to do and so he he's a fighter i think that he um he's already mixed well with the guys so uh, i i think that uh abu seems to be probably the best uh best player of the draft this year and um finley seems to be a fantastic pickup so I, i think for all the the ways that we criticize Minnesota United for their um the players that they picked up, these two these are two really good success stories for Minnesota, like uh Sam Cronin, you know, as well. The these kind of m l s uh moves
0: nobody cares about MLS, KJ. i told you this before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um so I have one last question I think we will let you go. Uh west mantooth there's a question i've been wondering about if nasl survives if nasl gets you know obviously not d2 but whatever form they survive having seen everything you've seen having covered this league closely for a while what needs to change i mean obviously we you and i know that the number one thing is that they have to somehow get into fifa because uh, you know fifa 18 will definitely save nasl as was revealed to us on twitter last year but uh outside of absurd ideas like that what has to change with this league because even if they do survive this is a league that is basically at best treading water and at worst receding
3: um you know i i have no idea actually and i thought this last year that um usl um i've criticized usl quite a bit in my day but they Masterfully won the soccer wars, um, and they did it in, in a way that you know I thought would not work. Which was the most important thing um, was just getting to quantity, right? The USL won soccer wars by having so many friggin' teams, so that uh, so that you actually had these small rivalries, right? And and um, and these teams were successful, right? Louisville City, or a great great club. Um, and, and it, it happened. They had to sell a bit of their soul to, to MLS. Uh, they have to have, you know, uh, sometimes games, uh, playing in front of a hundred people because it's a New York, uh, Red Bulls two team or something. Um, but you look at what, how USL have succeeded in that. They've beaten NASL to markets that NASL should have been in, like Louisville. Um, and, um, what you know what does if i'm an owner right if i've got uh 300 million dollars i'm like all right i just want a team i'm gonna put a team in my town which league do i go to what I, i don't know what what the if i was NSL, what that offer would be like why why am i better here um and i think that uh, Ryo OKC was a really big misstep and maybe it was understandable. Maybe they just they gambled. But Delta's and I know I've mentioned this a couple times. Delta's is really disappointing to me because you have you have money there. And and the idea that um, that they might fold after only getting twenty five hundred people to each game is just like, well, who why weren't you prepared for that? Like I don't know that that really frustrates me that that it's that bad of a a loss like you should be ready as Tom Fath I always say this quote Tom Fath from FC Edmonton says you know if you're not prepared to lose if you you should not own a soccer team unless losing a few million dollars you won't blink an eye um and Tom Fath has lost a lot of money on FC Edmonton but it's always been a pretty decent team and um and they're still there, and uh, and there's not enough Tom Faths apparently out there, so I I don't know I've I've got no answer for you, I'm pretty bummed. I think that uh, that we already last winter saw the the kind of spiral, and this just got the spiral got quicker.
0: Yeah, I think that's well said. I think there a lot of things will change, obviously, and and you hinted at that as well as we go through September, October, November, and then the real madness of December but you know I think we are in agreement that we want to see NASL survive in some form we all like the league um, you know for different reasons and I think it's a healthy thing for soccer to have different um, ideologies if not leagues at least ideologies allowed uh, for different types of owners but we'll see how it all plays out Um, KJ thanks for joining us on today's show as always buddy my pleasure. Um, and Aaron, who is busy with baby Piper, always great <laughs> talking to him. Wes Mantooth, can't thank you enough, my dude. Tell us where our listeners can follow you on Twitter. Uh,
3: yeah, it's mn nice fc. Uh, that's where you can find me usually every day.
0: That's right. And make sure you follow Wes, and make sure you follow Fifty Five One. They have consistently broken some of, if not the biggest, uh, news stories regarding uh soccer in America in terms of well I don't know about MLS cuz like I said no one gives a shit uh about anything <laughs> USL etc and they have people like Kyle who cover NPSL so make sure you follow 551 an exceptional website and, and as and we can we can admit right KJ in in a lot of ways Soft takes is following the 551 model so uh big big uh love for them
3: Well thank you guys for for having me and I I I've Often thought fondly about Indie Eleven. Uh I was I was there very early on to to watch the announcement for it. Um and so uh thank you guys for for doing fantastic work for your readers and for Indie Eleven fans and for having me on. It's great to talk to you guys.
0: I hate you, but goddamn do I respect you. There goes the <laughs> Great talking to you guys. This is episode thirty of the sock takes pod.